Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 577 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. Singapore Ben is soon to be America Ben. He's on his way back. We got the man, the man of many vests, David Bray's here. Welcome, Bra- welcome Bray. Hey, thanks a lot. Welcome, Bracky, once again. Thank you. Bracky didn't bring his computer yesterday. It really messed with his head that he forgot it. It was rough. I'm not. I'm not a forgetful person. No, I'm not one that forgets things. I'm pretty responsible, and uh, I just walked out of the house without my bag yesterday. Yeah, he, I got to work and I had nothing. He, he had his son's diaper bag, and he said, "This is, probably has my laptop in it." Yep. Apparently, I just thought Hayden's bag had all my stuff too. It happens. Um, and then I sent him to daycare with that bag. Oh. So even if it had my stuff in it, it would have been at his daycare, not with me. So 0 for 2 for yeah. Bracky. But he's got his computer today, so the day is already off to a better start. Mm-hmm. Um, so a, a lot of things we can talk about, but I'm, I'm really interested in this NC State, um, these cryptic tweets they're sending out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Tyler has them already. But mm-hmm. as you know, we announced on Saturday night the RTC Cup. And in the RTC Cup, there are a total of six teams. You've got the Wolfpack Wrestling Club. Spartan Combat Wrestling Club, NJRTC, Minnesota, um, Cliff Keen Wrestling Club, and one more. Help me out here. Let's see. I'm going to pull it up right now. I forget which ones you said already. I do too, but we'll have it really soon, and I'll see it. And I'll be like, oh, yeah. that t- Oh, Ohio RTC. Right. There they are. Look at, the, look at the wrestlers. Minus Derek White. He will not be involved. Um, so... We announced that, but what is still to be determined are the rosters. Like, who's going to be on on whose team? Like, we have an idea. The the majority of all teams are represented by, you know, the RTC guys. Like, Spartan Combat is like a bunch of Cornell dudes. Vito, Yanni, Dake, Gabe Dean, Boykin, etc. Um, but NC State, they, they send a, a tweet. We've hit a home run. More info to come. Hmm. And it's... It's hmm. George Herman Ruth swinging a baseball bat. Um, which I thought it was Jose Canseco, but now I is, see it. That's yeah. <laughs> that is not Jose Canseco. It is is Babe Ruth. So great, great Bambino. Bambino. Well, Colossus talk. Salt, clout. The salt in the yeah. plot. <laughs> hey, is Caleb. Caleb's old enough to wrestle to watch us. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We gotta love it. He's a, he's a baseball. Then there's another one. Savor the good stuff. Our news will. And mm. A picture of a baby Ruth, which mm. you know, is this? Is are they riding in the in the Halloween wake? You know, it was big candy time. We love candy. Um, Babe Ruth played uh, a baseball game with a bad case of the Spanish flu, so it could be a pandemic. Uh, it could be pandemic related. related. <laughs> he probably. I don't know if the baby Ruth had been invented by the time he was when he was alive mm-hmm. slash playing baseball, mm-hmm. but he would probably eat a lot of candy bars because his diet was notoriously, let's call it Bracky esque. Um. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a compliment. <laughs> yeah. You you ate like the greatest of all time. Um, yeah. So obviously, there's one common denominator with these themes. If on the serious note, yes, it's the last name Ruth. Interesting. Interesting. Which, if Ed Ruth is involved in the RTC Cup, at, at, at 86 kilograms, very exciting. But you know what? It made me think of even more than anything. It's like you know what. Mr. Anytime, anyway, anywhere. What if they, what if, what if Dake bumped up and wrestled Ed Ruth? 
If Ed Ruth is on the team, which listen, you go back to back Ruths on me, that's the only that's the only that's where my head's going. But imagine imagine if Dake goes up and, and takes him out. But then again, if they've got Gabe Dean at eighty six, he's like, I know something about beating Ed Ruth they've in wrestling got matches. Had a little bit of history. Yeah. Yeah. Man. That, yeah, that would be think, seeing seeing that rivalry renewed. You would think at this point, Gabe Dean would would have the edge, right? I mean, Ed's been um, he's been fighting, but he hasn't been actively competing. And Gabe has started his comeback, you know, a few months ago. Uh, you would think that the tides may have turned in that matchup. I don't know. I don't know. I, but we should hopefully have like confirmation on the rosters and who's going for sure for for each team really soon, like today, hopefully. Which will make this uh, even more, more, more and more fun to to discuss. But if Ed Ruth enters the RTC Cup, that would be incredible. He's kind of, you know, he's one of the one of those guys who, you know, he quit wrestling in his in his prime. I think he left. I mean, he he willingly left some of his best years on the table to pursue MMA, which he's doing well. And we obviously, when guys make the transition, we understand, but. You do miss watching them, and uh, you know we—he's someone that through the pandemic we ended up talking about so much through all of our hypothetical matchups and the brackets and all this stuff. And then we did the We Are Flow film where Ed is, you know, was an integral part of that first four-year run that that Penn State went on. So sign me up for for watching more Ed Ruth wrestling because you know we thought we were done seeing seeing him uh, wrestling competitive matches. So. Apparently, too, uh, that had a little IG story last night. What was it? Might have been somewhere. Oh, boy. Those yeah. are red wrestling mats. They are. He might have been uh, practicing at the, in the greater. RTC. Hashtag NC State. What do you think that means? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag NC State. I don't know. That's that's a, a little too cryptic for me. I'll have to dig a little deeper there. Man, that, oh, that would be so cool. He's just like, you have to watch Ed Ruth. Anytime he's on the mat, you have to watch him. And now there's just this added layer of where is he um, competitively, and and um, yeah, I really want to see it. He's he's a very skinny person now, right? Is does he fight at 170? I looked it up. His most recent fights have been at 185. Okay, so he's back. He's big Ed. But I think yeah, that was going to be my point. Is I thought he did drop down and fight at some point. Um, he he definitely was at 70 previously. Him being at 85 is news to me, but as uh, everyone knows who listens to the show routinely, I don't know a ton about um, uh, MMA other than, you know, how wrestlers are roughly doing. Okay. So hopeful that that means we're going to see Ed Ruth wrestle soon. Would be exciting. Would maybe take Trent Hydley out of the lineup at 86, who was someone we had penciled in. He had a nice showing at at senior nationals, uh, but certainly Ed Ruth is a difference maker. Heck and, yeah, and he moves the needle. And you and you factor in, you know, they're NC State with <clears throat> with only six weights, and this is what I think is so interesting about the RTC Cup is only six weights. So really, you get to three wins, you have a you have a shot at winning. So you may be. Not have it, but they've got Gwiz. Gwiz could very well be the best at the bracket. So any match, he's going to be potentially favored to win, right? Mm-hmm. And then you throw in Ed Ruth. Is he going to be a? Could he be in that? And then you've got Hayden Hydley, and you've got all these other guys. If the goal is just to get to three wins, they could be um, 
that's a that's a really contending team. Yeah, it's so different than how you would normally think about like an NCAA or a high school dual meet where you know you need five, six, seven, eight wins, or you can expect that. I yeah. think we're going to see a lot of these teams where they maybe have one or two guys that that they can count on just about every time, and then and then it's like you got to get one out of the next four. Uh, super fascinating. Um, how how uh, memorized do you have the uh, classification points for dual stuff memorized? Because I knew it really well back when uh, we were doing World Cup and all that stuff. But anymore, I don't really remember it. Do you remember it? I haven't looked at it in a while. Right, we got to bone up on that uh, for sure. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I don't know why I said bone up. Everyone says that. I don't like it. I don't really understand what it means, but I think I used it appropriately. It's at least. a edgy. It's an edgy way to I know. say things, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, I think I'm edgy, so... Um, Okay, so more to come on RTC Cup. Hopefully tomorrow we can we can break down some roster rosters because uh, that's gonna be it's gonna be fun and it's coming up soon. You know, it's like two weeks away. Ballpark December fourth and fifth in Cincinnati, Ohio, um, where we will be under curfew. There's a curfew now in in the state of Ohio. We can't Bracky, you can't be out making any late runs, David. I think. You oh, you're not going. No, I'm not going. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, because I. Yeah. There, we don't know what's going to happen with this guy late at night. If you don't know. Neither do I. I, I need never know. <laughs> David Bray sometimes sleepwalks. Clothing optional. <laughs> not very often. Not very often. But you know what? When I do, I, I go all out. So. Not very <laughs> yeah, often. All yet. out is great. <laughs> yet, yet far too often. So we are strategically not sending Bray to the RTC Cup. So that he avoids any felony charges. Yeah, I was I was scheduled to go, and then when I heard about the curfew, it was like, guys, I better. Guys, I'm out. I got I gotta you know it's stay too, back. It's, he he can't risk it. All right, so the what we've discussed the the Ivy League and them not being involved, uh, them canceling all winter sports, huge bummer. Bray, you did like a breakdown of uh, just how big an impact that is, and some yeah. of the uh, some of the stats you were dropping were kind of uh, alarming so why don't you talk about it a little bit yeah i mean you know i think when the news initially dropped the ivy leagues out the first thought is sadness um we're gonna you know we're gonna miss all of the ivy league teams but uh two of the teams are ranked cornell was was ranked second uh princeton 14th and so it's like all right that's sad that's a bummer for those guys then all of a sudden you know it creates this massive shift in the team race and in a bunch of individual weight classes because the Ivy League, uh, I went through and looked at our our rankings, our team rankings, and those are based on the projected team points that each individual who's ranked will score. And over 10% of the total team points were uh, allocated towards or projected to go towards guys from the Ivy League. So that is a massive change in terms of how that will, you know, how that will shake up the team rankings. And two number ones, um, Yanni was ranked number one at 141, and Max Dean was ranked number one at 184. Two number twos, Pat Glory was two at at uh, 125, and then Ben Darmstadt was two at 197, and then a number three, Vito was number three. So that's like five massive point scorers out. Um, seven total guys were ranked to finish in All-American status. Yavaslewski uh, uh, at heavyweight was was ranked as an All-American. Not bad. Um, yeah, I, I was, you did your best. It was my best, my best attempt. Uh, so, really, really big change to the team rankings. And so, I wanted to figure out, like, basically, who wins from the Ivy League being out, uh, and some some big shakeups. So, Iowa State actually jumps nine and a half team points in their 
projected finish. And it looks like Tyler's got the graphic up on the screen. And they were ranked uh, to finish ninth, now ranked to finish seventh. You see that big jump in team points. Um, we'll get into where the where these points kind of come from in a minute. Purdue, huge jump, uh, seven points, or excuse me, eight points for them, but seven spots in the rankings from 23rd to 16th. And that's a you know huge difference. Oklahoma State, eight points. They're projected to jump, and they will go from fourth to third. Iowa, their lead becomes massive because they move from 120 and a half to 128. And Michigan, who moves from second to third, only gets a one point bump from this from all the changes. So cool. Iowa just gets this extended lead. Um, Arizona State's projected to to jump up four spots from 20th to 14th <laughs> with a seven point lead. Mm. NC State from sixth to fifth, uh, six and a half point lead, and then Penn State moves from fifth to fourth that would put them in trophy contention with a five point bump so those are the seven teams that move penn state obviously oh my gosh they're they're not ranked um they're they're ranked where they should be right now but they're not they're not ranked where they're where we expect that their guys are going to finish so that's a pretty inaccurate representation of, of where they are uh but this is you know really crazy stuff and i mean you think about what this would mean for some of these programs iowa state the reason they jump so much is right now they had have two guys ranked ninth at 125 and at heavyweight. Gremmel's ninth, as is Alex Mackle. And, you know, yeah, so those guys would move all of a sudden into All-American standing, and and that would be great for them in terms of team race. But also think about what that would mean for Kevin Dresser and and how people think about his progress as a head coach. If he goes from having a couple All-Americans to now, like, four, That that's a huge, huge jump. And, and similar for Purdue. I mean, Coach Ursland has been knocking on the door of a really, really good finish at Purdue. And now all of a sudden, if they could move from, you know, a top 20, 25 team to like a top 15-ish team, that's a big deal. Uh, so pretty crazy to, to look at, you know, at what this would mean for, um, for the teams. And then also on the individual side of things, there are some pretty massive shakeups. 125 is the weight that really gets, gets uh, you know, thrown for a loop because, Number two and number three come out with with uh, Pat Glory and Vito coming out. So now the number two and I I, I pop quizzed everybody in the office yesterday. I said, all right, who's number two now that those two guys are out? Bracky got it right away. It's Rayvon Foley. And so imagine Michigan State with an NCAA finalist. That would be the first NCAA finalist they've had since 2009 when Franklin Gomez won it. Um, and you know the the first of the the Roger Chandler era. That would be huge for them if if all of a sudden Foley punches through he's wrestling Saturday night that's a big deal um at, at 41 if Yanni had gone 41 I think people would pencil him into the finals we know he could have gone 49 but you know you pencil that guy into the finals now the one and two guys at 141 are a couple of transfers Jaden Ironman and Sebastian Rivera and imagine that right that's a you know completely different kind of uh you know thought than than which one of these guys can maybe push Yanni uh then uh, at, at at 84, Max Dean comes out. So now it's Hunter Bolin, number one. Um, so that would be, you know, really big for him. Hydley goes up to number two there. And then at 97, Darmstadt's out. So J.I.L.O. moves into that number two spot. So, you know, huge opportunities for some of these individuals to, to really make moves. So, yeah, I thought it was fascinating to look at, <laughs> at you know, what So Bolin will be happens. preseason number one? Hunter Bolin's preseason number one. Boyd County, baby. Got to be feeling good about that if you're a Hokie fan. Feeling great. <laughs> Got to. Because um, uh, Max was the number one, right? Yep, Max Dean was number one at 184. Wow. 
crazy. <laughs> no, go ahead. Well, fin- I, you finish your thought. The, I mean, just the, the thing that's really crazy about this too is if the Ivy League can, can come out this quickly, um, you know, hopefully we don't see any other leagues doing the same thing. I, yeah, I, it's not sounding like there are, you know, too many threats of that happening. It, it could happen. But if if there's an outbreak on one team right before conferences or something, we could see a really similar shakeup uh, to to the rankings and how we expect this all to shake out. I mean, when Purdue jumps seven <laughs> spots in the rankings based that's on wild. this one decision, that's a crazy amount of possibilities if all of a sudden three or four guys test positive and are out. So it's it's going to be a weird year. Yeah, that um, that's why Ben wants to have the COVID parties around New Year's. Um, <laughs> okay, so I, I like I wanna... we kept talking about COVID parties and like that they had to make out. Yeah, yeah. they couldn't just like hang out in the same room yeah, together no, and just like just, breathe the same air. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, I kind of want to talk about the Ivy League's decision. And Robin Ficker has weighed in. He says Ivy wimps. Ooh, wow. Oh heck yeah! Strong words. Heck yes. Salute to the uh, go off the, king, the OG heckler. He is a great heckler. <clears throat> Please just heckle them the rest of this. He chat got here. an entire arena minus several thousand Penn State fans to chant "Headlock Shep Talk," in, man, throughout an NCAA final. Life goals. It was insane. <laughs> <laughs> it was insane. Like anywhere you went um, that night too, just like people were just randomly people were just screaming. It. It. Yes. Yeah, everyone was just drunk and just saying yeah. wild stuff. Um. I just kind of want to talk about the Ivy League's decision to do this. Uh, they were the first to cancel fall sports. Uh, the the athletic departments obviously, I think, care, and obviously the coaches and wrestlers care, but the Ivy League doesn't care about sports. Yeah, like they don't they don't need sports to uh, raise the profile of their universities. They're already like the most prestigious schools in the world. They don't make any money off of them. Uh, it's not the SEC or the ACC or Big Twelve or Pac Twelve, any of that. Um, so they they don't care. They don't care. Yeah. And this doesn't impact them. Um, and it sucks because in wrestling, uh, there's really yes, yeah, there's two programs ranked in the top fifteen, and there's a few others that really seem like they're building and going in the right direction, and have a lot of really bright young pieces, and it absolutely sucks that they can't do this. One one thing that that is interesting. I mean, so the Ivy League, you know, famously very committed to getting athletes through in four years. So you don't see red shirts. You don't see. I think there's one exception though, and that's Olympic red shirts. Yeah, the Ivy League does allow for Olympic red shirts, and Cornell happens to be in a position where you know they have a number of guys who took Olympic red shirts last year and could take Olympic red shirts again this year. So, it, you know, who knows what those guys are going to decide to do, but. It could end up that that Vito and Yanni and Max Dean all still have you know the, the finish out their eligibility at Cornell, where you know programs like like Princeton and Harvard and Penn and and Columbia and Brown they you know they may not they may not have athletes that have the same options right so their guys are you know they're they're just going to miss out but it is going to be really interesting to see what happens with specifically Vito Yanni. And um, and Max Dean, what are they? I mean, what are they going to decide to do? Yanni said something, I think, on IG story, um, taking a second Olympic red shirt. Yeah, got to got to figure that's what those guys will do as well. Um, I mean, I just don't see any of those guys looking elsewhere. No, no. 
Um, but you know what? One thing, Bracky, you've been bringing up is like, is there a long term impact uh, for recruiting with this? I think there is. Um, I know that the kids going to these schools aren't. They're not the Cardell Jones. They didn't come there to. They didn't come there to play school. Right. As a fam- uh, former Ohio State quarterback once said. Yeah. Uh, they came there to play school and get the piece of paper and to set them up very well in the future. But at the same time, I think they really care about wrestling too, and yeah. it's important to them, and they've put their whole life into this. Yanni's not going to Cornell if they're not really good at wrestling. Correct. You yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> Correct. It just is a benefit that they're also yeah. really good at academic school. Um, and when the Big Ten and Big 12 weren't playing football, every other conference in America was using that against them. See, they don't care. Mm-hmm. They really think You really think they care about you and have the best interest in mind? And whether that's fair or not, I mean... I don't know, negative recruiting happens all the time. I think it could absolutely impact them. And it, it sucks because there's amazing coaches in that conference. Yeah. Um, and they're helpless, you know. They can't do anything about this decision. But uh, there's no no one has entered the transfer portal. Um, <laughs> I was joking around. If I was there, I'd be gone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. I still got time to find a new school before second semester. Yeah, that's a good point. I, uh, I, I think... If, if you if you if you wrestle at an Ivy, I think you're playing the long game as is, and yeah. I think if you're playing the long game. You're like, okay, this is not good, but I th- this is something that is. It's not like the Ivy League every five years just cancels the season. No, yeah, this just happened. This these yeah. two instances last year, everyone was canceled, so it's really just this year. Also, we don't know if there's going to be. We haven't done the season yet, right? So could be they were just the first to do it and then it ends up happening anyways so i think i don't see this having a terrible negative impact on on these wrestling programs because it's a it's a rare exception i don't think it's going to happen routinely it could have a negative impact in the here and now with the kids that are on on teams now they're like i want to wrestle this year i mean not you have two seasons where you didn't get to do the postseason yeah that's tough. That is tough. Yeah, and and I think you know, the Ivy League coaches are are going to have, they're going to have decisions to make about how to respond and what kinds of opportunities to look for or potentially create for their athletes to compete. And that could be one, you know, not not benefit, but like silver lining about about the season being canceled is uh, now if the season's canceled, you know, all the restrictions that they would have had. To, to compete for the school are gone. So will we see, um, you know, Cornell and Princeton and, you know, Penn and all these guys get together for, for uh, an unsanctioned season? Will, you know, will they, what, what are they, how are they going to respond? You know, will they look for these opportunities to compete? And that could end up, could end up helping in recruiting potentially, but yeah, it's, it is, it is an obstacle. I mean, it's, it's tough when these guys don't have the opportunity to do what they, what they came there to do. Yeah. So, Obviously, a huge impact on the season. Um, I had no idea the. I mean, certainly you take out the Yannis and Vitos and Glories out of the scenario. You know that's going to have an impact. But how it impacts the team race, I didn't really expect. And it that it doesn't uh, across the board impact the team race the same, right? It yeah. helps Michigan none. It helped uh, Penn State and um, who was the other team? Iowa and Oklahoma I, State. Iowa and Oklahoma State. I, Oklahoma State literally jumps a podium spot. Yeah, it's it's insane. Yeah, you think? I mean, yeah, you think? Okay, you take out two and fourteen, everybody slides up, but but it's not like that in wrestling, right? It's it is yeah. so weight class dependent, and um, 
man, it's some teams are going to take advantage of this at, at a couple of weights. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. We're, this is the kind of thing I think we're going to have to follow all year when, when one team or one individual makes a change, like that's going to shake things up so much. So um, yeah, it was really fascinating to look at that. Yep. Good stuff, Bray. Uh, and definitely something we'll be following. Hopefully no more teams or conferences make the decision Ivy League did. And uh, I will remain optimistic, even though things are, things are tough now. No doubt about it. I think you should remain optimistic. Um, the NCAA is, has come out and said that they're very committed to making the winter championships happen since they were, they didn't last year. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, they make almost one billion dollars on the men's basketball tournament. Yeah, um, and they've sent. They came out this week and said that they're instead of doing like all the sites all over the country, they're gonna have everything in Indianapolis. So every round will be in Indianapolis. Um, so well, that'll be kind of be like a little bubble like atmosphere. Um, all in the same place, you think? <clears throat> no, I bet it's spread out. Um, from where the Pacers play, Butler's there. They have a big. Uh, Convention well, center. Will they do the finals in like Lucas Oil or something? Probably, or yeah. Um, although they might not even need to do that since there probably won't be a ton of fans oh, there. Right. Um, but it, it, there's just so much money on the line. Um, and the NCAA wrestling tournament makes money. Yeah. Um, now, will it? Will it year? with, yeah, if you have very limited fan attendance? I don't know. But I think they're very committed to make it happening. All the conferences have good testing protocols in place right now. Um, to where guys are getting tested uh, in the Big Ten and Pac-12, I believe it's every day. And in the Big 12 and ACC, it's like three times a week. I think the max three times a week. Um, so I, I think there's a good structure in place, even though we're seeing spikes around the country. A lot. Of, another thing to keep in mind, too, a lot of schools, they're not having kids come back after Thanksgiving. It's just yeah. like finish mm-hmm. everything at home. So they're not coming back till after New Year's, which sets up almost like a – takes away a ton of the population yeah. of kids um that is spreading all this COVID around so i think that will help um these kids are gonna want to have a season yeah because in the motivated. big 12 you get knocked out three weeks i don't think you're gonna be seeing them running out to the bars and big 12 also because i know big 10 oh, i'm sorry dice big i meant big big, big 10, 10 is 21 days um yeah. i know they're looking at amending it but um you know the acc and big 12 is like eight to 10 days, depending on how quick you get through the protocols and everything. Also, I'm no pharmaceutical <clears throat> expert, but it seems like there's great, yes, trending great for a vaccine. Yeah. Right. Which, you know, we heard, you know, early on, maybe by the end of the year, but you never know what people are just putting out just to make people feel better, or have yeah. hope. But seems like it's, it's going the right way, um, which is fantastic. Yeah, it, I agree. It's it's good to be optimistic. And it was hard to when the Ivy League canceled, like I think it was Thursday night last week, because it felt like, I mean, that was the first domino that fell during the NCAA getting canceled the first time, like last year, I think. I think the Ivy League was the first one to cancel. So it's like, uh-oh, are we going through this again? But as we've been talking with coaches um, the last couple, you know, last week and this week on the Bader Show and then just coaches that were here for the event, we've been asking them, like, are you – does the Ivy League news change anything for you? Does it make you nervous? And most coaches are saying, no, like it, it doesn't really. It's not like it was for NCAAs. This is not a sign that everything's falling apart. It's just a decision that league made. And um, so, yeah, I, I it was hard for me not to get a little bit pessimistic right when I heard that news. But I do think I do think we're going to be um, we're gonna be having a season. Yeah, the Ivy is just so different than all these other conferences um, just because it – 
it's just not important to it's not a priority of theirs okay so you dorks watch the bachelorette and want to talk about it what's going on here (laughs) it um it's an electric show i i really really did not want to get into it um Hayden loves it. Yeah, no, Hayden loves it. Uh, Olivia's watched it for years, and I've tried to stay away. But then, kind of at the end of the last season of The Bachelor, I was like, "Man, this is such a train wreck." It's kind of awesome to watch. Yeah. And then I started at the beginning of this one, and the Bachelorette girl was awful, and everyone hated her. But oh, she's really? she's gone now. She's gone. She's got her up in the middle of the show. Well, she just like fell in love with this one guy, and like didn't want to hang out with any of them. So they were like, she's "Yeah, str- you two need she, to go." She strong armed this dude, and <laughs> she didn't. There's no love involved. She strong armed this guy into into agreeing to to finish the season early. And Freaking Dale, so, yeah, she. I'm sure the the Bachelorette people were just so pumped about that. Yeah, but, yeah. All these dudes just want to be Instagram influencers, and so they come on this show trying to get some airtime. And I think this guy was like, "Dude, this is this is an instant, you know." I don't know, ten thousand follower move. If I just wow. if I just do this, so he you can't know. put a price on that. No, you really can't. You can't put you can't put a price on it. Um, you know, you can. I don't know if you could put a price on it. I would say it would be marriage to somebody that you know you don't care that much about. Yeah, this um, Christian to describe this girl Claire. Her name was Claire. Uh, Beautiful name. She. Bray described her as Jan Levinson. She is really. She is. She looks like her. She she <laughs> she's she acts like her. Um, yeah, it's 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 wild stuff. Claire, Bachelor. but anyways, last night our worlds collided Uh-oh. because the new Bachelorette. I can't even remember her name right now. Taisha. Taisha. Yes, you're right. Taisha uh, did a group date with the guys, and that's essentially where she just takes like half the guys. There's like first of all, there's like they start off with like twenty something guys. <laughs> They're down to like eighteen right now or something, and she just like takes like nine of them on a group date, and they were doing wrestling. What? <laughs> Well, it has a group. <laughs> they just do an activity, and usually I've heard of double dates. There are other names for group dates, and other you know. That- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's where my head's kind of. Yeah, going. I think Sion talked about him on this show one time. <laughs> oh my um, gosh! Yeah, I'm sure he did. So they did wrestling, and they had a WWE person, and then uh, some a mixed martial artist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, said she fights in the UFC. But she and she was showing them some like she showed them like double leg, oh, nice. like penetration step. Like it was tough to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Nice. So it was tough Quality to watch. Instruction. And then at the end, they put them in this cage <laughs> and brought the other dudes who weren't in on the group date just like around the cage. So it was like Fight Club. But oh, hold on, a couple, couple details that are important. So they 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 basically they did their their workout on like the mat from Saved by the Bell like the six by six you know wrestling mat. Oh, so they yeah. had like six by six mat and then they had like uh, the wall mats yeah, around the, the, that. The ones that fold up. They had those laying on the ground around it. Well, they go with Dalmer, Resolite. Uh, I no think branding. Flex. Yeah. There's no branding. No branding. So, so but when they when they go to the cage, they're not on a mat. They're on like a I don't know, look like a tennis court or something. Yeah. Like... These guys were just tearing their skin off. <laughs> So, but <laughs> wait, they wrestled on not a mat. Well, correct. Once it, they did the actual matches, they just moved to this like I don't even know what kind of service it was, but all of them were just like their skin was just disappearing. It was like a little softer than concrete, but it's pro- it probably was like a tennis court or something like. That. It was like that kind of material. All right. Um, and also they oiled them up. Yes. Oil these dudes up, <laughs> dorks. Oh my gosh, uh, it was, it, that must have made it hard to like. Yeah, it made it very hard. Evan Henderson wouldn't have had that. He'd have him towel him down again. That's right. Towel him down. And it was so funny because Taisha was like, because the guys were just like trying to kill each other. Yeah. 
Because they were like, I got to show them the alpha here. But they you know? didn't know how to kill each other. And they then, don't know how. They're not trained killers. But then Taisha was like, okay, like, I didn't. This is one that I like. I think she just wanted to do like fake WWE type stuff. Oh. And then they were like put in a cage with a bunch of dudes standing outside the cage, like screaming. <laughs> and they were trying to kill each other. Yeah. But they're all, it was all building toward this one matchup. I think this whole, the whole thing, you know, the idea was generated because these two dudes had beef. Yep. And love it. Yeah. The one guy, he kept referring to himself as, as Wolverine, like uh, the Marvel character or the animal, not sure. Um, <laughs> both dangerous both both dangerous uh and so yeah he he kept you know he's like he's he's got beef with this other dude and so he's gonna he's gonna win he's gonna take him out whatever so it's all building that's the last one that's the that's the headliner that's, like that's final x that's that's burrow's the it was burrow's the heat yeah so okay. so all right i'm pumped the other matches are over it's there's only one match left and it's this one and and the dude um the Wolverine guy, he's in the cage and he's raring to go. This yeah. He was ready to go the whole time. He's, he's fired up, yeah. dude. He's trained for this. And uh, the other guy, he ha- he pulls Chris Harrison, the host aside. He's like, hey, man, I got to talk to you. He's like, they like call their names, tell them to get in the cage. He's like, hey, Chris, man, like, <laughs> I, I have chronically dislocating shoulders. <laughs> Chronically dislocating shoulders. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it is a condition. It's, it's a serious one. So he couldn't it? even throw a football. Who is this? Troy Nickerson. Even he would have <laughs> strapped up and taken, taken this guy. His out. name's Ed. Ed. Yeah. He was doing some serious shrugs earlier in the episode. Oh, they, dude, he was. Yes, he was doing shrugs, but his, his shoulders. Just, right. Yeah. They were doing a workout. So he's he wimped out. They were doing. He just didn't yes. want to do it. One hundred percent. He yeah, was scared to death. He was scared. Yes, because this this chasing guy, which is. Terrible name. He's part Wolverine. Wow. <laughs> he was doing great in the practice stuff and like seemed like he was loving it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he was freaked out. He's, yeah, he's gonna get worked on. He was scared. TV. 100%. Listen, you, you signed up for the Bachelor. You are going to. You're gonna get embarrassed. Oh, look! Look, we got clips. Yes. Yeah, so, well, it's just a picture. So this is. Oh, it's just a picture. This is how this oh, was my. the setup. <laughs> Man. So you see the dudes on the I'll side look at these there. Dudes. Yeah, I do see that. The guys on the side. They're the guys not involved in the group date. They're just the spectators. The oh, other half go. of the dudes. That's, that's a very normal wrestling position there. Look at this. Oh, oh yeah. Gosh. This is yep. Oh yeah. There's uh, blood on the pole. I tweeted oh, a. I tweeted a it's video. It's like Tom and Terry's basement. <laughs> I tweeted a video, but ABC could probably sue me. Um, so I don't know if we should play that. Tyler, I don't want him to sue Flo. Yeah. Um, just Bracky. Just so sue Bracky. after they, after Ed, they're like, all right, I guess there's not going to be a match. And they turn to the guys who aren't on the group. They're like, anyone want to fight chasing? And this dude, Noah. Pops the top. <laughs> he pops his Nicky shirt, Rod style. And then hops the cage. He doesn't just walk around. He hops the cage. He's oh. like, yeah, I will. <laughs> oh, I bet the guy that was going to fight is freaked out. No, he was like, let's go. Oh, he's fired up. Yeah. This guy's about that life. Yeah, and Noah has a mustache. Right. He's, and he's got a little, doesn't Yeah, he's got a little JD Raider vibe to him. It's not like I one like of those it. it's not like one of those mustaches where you're like, Yeah, that works. That fits his like a greenly. That fits. Yeah, it makes that makes sense. sense. It he's fortunate. Mm-hmm. A four stash. Yeah. You see those from time to time. And so anyways, he goes out, he does really well. Bray and I kinda thought he won, but uh-huh. they gave it to Chasen, the other guy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, since he did so well. The guys who won their matches got to go on another date with her. Another so great got, date with well, 12 other Now guys. it got even smaller. Now it's down to like four or five. Wow. And she's like, <laughs> wait a, a lot more manageable. She's like, wait a minute, Noah, since you <laughs> fought for me and you hopped the cage, you're coming too. So all the guys are pissed. They're like, this freaking guy. He wasn't he supposed to be involved. He didn't earn this. This freaking guy. And then, so they, they go on their, their group date and then they get alone time with her. And he was like, hey, I'll take you first like to go on our alone time. So then they're like, what the heck? Wow. This freaking Noah guy. Yeah. 
So then, they're not following trials process here. No. So then him, uh, Taisha and Noah just start making out, and then she's like, "Hey, wait a minute, you need to shave your stash." We gotta do something about this stash. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> essentially. <laughs> wow. So he leaves, and she go- starts going on the other dates with the other guys, making and then, out with other dudes. Yeah, he, this is a classic COVID party. That we got <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So she, he comes back, and he interrupts a date with another guy. He's like, hey, can I steal you for a second? The guy's pissed, but she's like, hang on, let me hear him out. And he presents her the razor. Wow. And she shaves his mustache right there. Oh, my gosh. And then starts making out with him again. <laughs> really? Back at, back at it? Back at back it. Back at yeah. it again. Yeah. Oh, man. And this, then he ends up, this dude ends up, ends up winning, the, winning the rose. He oh, ended yeah, up winning he won the, the rose thing. for that date, and they, they all wanted to kill him. Rags to riches. Yeah, I wasn't even on the group orgy. And then uh, next thing you know. Oh, he, you said it. <laughs> next, thing you know, <laughs> next thing you know, he's getting the rose. It just goes to show, you know, you never know when you're going to need to pop the top and hop a fence to take on some some, uh, to some lose, Wolverine looking To dude. lose to Wolverine, but yeah. ultimately you won, the, won her heart. Yeah, and the hearts of America, I believe. Man. Well, that's a good update. Um, I don't know. Every time I tweet about uh, The Bachelorette, it seems like a lot of the wrestling community is also watching because of their significant others. Yeah. Um. That could have been a terrible segment. Uh, a few people on YouTube seem to really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, someone on Facebook said it was uh, fingernails on the chalkboard, but you know what? You hey. know what? <clears throat> when, I, when The Bachelorette and Wrestling Clyde, you can't not talk about it. This is wrestling on primetime TV. It's what we've all been on ABC. On ABC. Finally. This is what you guys have been asking for. I'm expecting the, the sport to just surge now. You, yeah. can go, you can go check out my Twitter if you want to see the illegal clip I tweeted. Well, that is something, Bracky. Thank you for sharing. Um, yeah, maybe I'll catch up and start watching this. There was one guy. I, I have to say, he uh, he looked he looked to be a pretty game guy. He's ready to go. He's this guy. I, th- I said this guy is going to do pretty well here mm-hmm. in his match. And then dislocating the, ankles. No, lower third, <laughs> lower third. They flash his occupation. <laughs> industrial roofer. I knew. I knew at that point. Roofers no. do not typically do well in wrestling tournaments. No, they like to enter the U.S. <laughs> Open and get bombed by Colin Moore and stuff. So. That, yeah, that guy, that guy I'm just took a loss. I'm mad that the boy band manager didn't get to wrestle. <laughs> oh, There's so a boy band manager? Yeah, his name's Kenny. St- are there still boy bands? I don't know. There was a guy at the beginning of the season. I wonder what happened to him. He 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 wore a, a straight jacket. Oh, he didn't jacket. get a rose last night. He wore a straight jacket. Yeah, he didn't get a rose last What's night. What's up with that guy? I don't know. Yeah, that's not going to help. I know you're trying to stand out, but there's no way that's going to work. <laughs> okay. Um, well, that's good. Hey, I want to, you know, David Bray's our high school ranker. And early on in the season, you get some big shifts. I wanted to, why do you kind of get the people? This is kind of a D1 sort of crowd. They like high school, but they're not like super, super dialed in. Why don't you give us like some of the highlights from uh, the rankings changes so far this year? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the, the really, we, you know, we talked about this little segment. I was like, man, who are the guys that, yeah, that people are going to be following as household names and they, guys that kind of, they maybe looked last season like good high school wrestlers and now they do, they look like those emerging college talents or they look like guys who are going to be ready to go on the next level. So um, just talk about six guys and, and three of them are guys that made massive pound for pound jumps that weren't even in the pound for pound rankings uh, two months ago and now are, you know, are in there in a big way. Um, the first is Drake Ayala. He's a guy that a name that everybody knows. Yeah. We've been familiar with the guy for a long time. Um, Super Thirty Two Finals a couple years ago, and and you know really really good. But he has cemented himself in the last couple of months. Uh, really, October was huge for him. Everybody 
seemed like everybody was watching who's number one when he beat Richie Figueroa, yeah. and and it was an incredible match. But you kind of wonder, all right, did he have maybe a little a little bit of size, or can he replicate that result? And then he goes to Super Thirty Two, super tough one twenty six bracket. I mean, a bracket that had Jordan Titus, that had you know a bunch of really tough guys, and Ayala ends up winning that bracket, beats Troy Spratley in the finals, and um, all of a sudden this guy who's going to be a future Hawkeye, you can see him fitting in and you know cover Hawkeye Arena, and it makes you really curious where this guy is gonna is gonna land um, long term in that in that Hawkeye lineup. He's gonna obviously have one of the best lightweight rooms in the country, uh, if not the best to to work yeah. with. Um, and, and I, you know, I think in a lot of people's mind has gone from a good prospect to a guy that you could, you could see him having those results really soon. So yeah, Ayala is one, uh, that he, he's just, yeah, he wasn't in pound for pound. Just, he, I mean, he took, even over the summer, he took a couple losses yeah. and he just looks incredibly dialed in right now. And, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't wait to see this guy's so trajectory. May I, may I make a, make a case for something? Yeah. Why did, did you... Would you consider Jesse Mendez's run at juniors as a case for his <clears throat> to climb the pound for pound? Because this guy 100%. runs the gauntlet, he runs the gauntlet at, at who's number one. What gives? And then he goes and he beats a bunch of college dudes as a junior in high school. Yeah, I feel like he gets some. I feel like I'm always pro reward those dudes in the streets, yes. out here scrapping, getting wins. Yes, and and I didn't update the rankings after juniors because there were really in the weight classes there weren't any changes, but. That that pound for pound, that's that's the exact question I was asking myself about Mendez because he, I mean, he took out guys that, you know, were some of the some of the top recruits in their classes a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, Brody Teske win looked you know looked really good. He he looked outstanding. Um, so yeah, there's a good chance that Jesse Mendez will go up in the pound for pound. It's funny you talked about who's number one, and Mendez actually moved down a spot in the pound-for-pound rankings after who's number one. Because Drake? Because of Drake. Because Drake came in and, and moved ahead of him. And because Jesse Mendez, don't forget, this this dude's been really good for a while. So all the guys he beat, Vanderveer included, were already below him on the pound-for-pound. Pound. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he couldn't move up. But, yeah, I think there is a chance that, that Mendez – there's a good chance that Mendez moves up after, after Junior Nationals. That was a uh, – I mean, he's a junior in high school, and, and he was – Looking very very solid against a bunch of top or a bunch of tough college guys. So uh, yeah, he'll he'll move up in pound for pound. Yeah, and um, okay, who who else is um, raising their stock so far in the early goings of the season? Cody Chittum, and he was number two in his weight class and not ranked in pound for pound going into who's number one. He um, he did have a win previously over Wyatt Henson, but he had had a couple down performances. Was one into it at Ironman, and so it was. Another guy where you're like, all right, he's really good, but but is he, you know, is he consistently going to have those kinds of performances? And he beat Wyatt Henson, and and then we knew he was going to wrestle for Team Minions at Elite Eight Duels. But what we didn't know was, even though he's a 145 pounder, he was going to bump up two weight classes and get matches against other pound for pound guys, um, namely DJ Hamidi and uh, Kyle Valencia. He took the loss to Hamidi, but he beat. Kyle Valencia giving up a ton of weight and a Man. ton of size, and he just he looked so impressive and so physical in that performance that he went from he's gone from unranked in the pound for pound all the way up to number eleven, and you know a sophomore, um, another guy that that just he looks like college ready, and uh, yeah, he, there's no question about it. He for sure is. Now wasn't he doing juniors? 
He was registered for juniors. Didn't go. Um, I, yeah, and I had a, I had heard that that could happen um, after Elite Eight. I think uh, he may be. Um, yeah, just just wasn't quite ready to go after that. So, man. Uh, yeah. So I was really. I know we were all looking forward to seeing him at juniors because he would have got his hands on Voinovich, who who's number one at the weight class above oh him. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, for, a match with him at Ferrari would have been good. Andonian. Uh, I mean, and then Josh Edmund, yeah. Alvarez, all these uh, college guys as well. Uh, so that would have been awesome to see, but, you know, understand he's certainly been wrestling a ton. Yeah. And then I think the guy that has maybe jumped the most in terms of perception, and I mean, just and in terms of performance is is DJ Hamidi. He's, you know, going into 160. I can't remember who, who wrote the preview for that for Super 32. Um, but, I mean, the question was who's going to win out of all these really good guys. Hamidi was, was the favorite, but not expected to bonus his way through a tournament like that and have early match termination. in I think like six of his seven matches or something mm-hmm. insane. And so he does that, then goes out <clears throat> to the elite eight duels where he had about just, just about as many ranked matches there and majored Cody Chittum. I know Chittum's given up some size there. He beats Kyle Valencia and, and, ran the gauntlet, beat everybody else. And uh, so all of a sudden, he's a guy that was like a tough guy at 160, but um, now... A clear number one. Yeah. Or not number one. Not, well, he's, he's got Patty Gallagher in front of him, which, yeah. is, which is the big match that he wants to make. I know he, he wants to wrestle that match. His coaches do. I think Patty would love to as well. Yeah. Um, so we got we to gotta make that happen at some point. But um, before this... 160 it was it was Patty Gallagher mm-hmm. and then a bunch of really good guys and now that that match that Gallagher Hamidi match is one that that I need to see yeah and uh and so Hamidi's a senior he's going to Wisconsin and one of those guys that that I you know I think Wisconsin fans now are are kind of counting on for big performances at the NCAAs and I don't blame those Wisconsin fans for saying that because he looks every bit like uh you know, an all-American contender once he gets to college. So um, huge jump for him in perception. Uh, another guy at 182 that that I think is is on people's radars way differently than he was uh, is Brian Saldano. Saldano at 182, uh, you know, he, he, he not only won Super 32, but he did it in such an entertaining way. The way that he goes feet to back, goes – from his own back to, to, to the other guy's back, uh, he's just like he's so he's not risk averse at all, and takes you know takes risks that pay off, and and um, just makes him really fun to watch. But he had been you know ranked high, I mean seven or eight or something going into Super Thirty Two, but <clears throat> but ran the gauntlet there, and then also went out to the Elite Eight duels and um, was seven and zero, bunch of ranked wins in a really really tough weight class, and so all of a sudden. Saldano's another guy that you, know, you got to pencil in as a as a potential number one threat, and and I want to see Saldano against um, uh, against Ryland Rogers, who's number two, yeah. and I want to see Saldano against Lenny Pinto, who's number one, because I think both those matchups would be. Well, you know what? I've got some great news for you because this weekend at the Journeyman Fall Classic, number two Ryland Rogers and number four Brian Saldano will be in the same bracket. Let's go! So that's great news, right? So. Um, yeah, that's that's a super exciting match. That that weight class is gonna be is gonna be a lot of fun. 
I don't know if you have it pulled up. There are some other really tough guys in there too. TJ Stewart's going to be in there. Um, yep. Number seven, Cole Reese. Number 12, TJ Stewart. Number 19, Max Wilner. Yeah. Um, so Saldano, a guy that, that I think you have to watch. He's just a junior, but already committed to Rutgers and Jersey. Keep it another really good one home. Um, Saldano's, yeah, somebody that you have to watch now every time. Um, and then the other guy that has, has jumped on a lot of people's radars is Christian Carroll. Uh, he's an Indiana kid. He was not ranked in, you know, during the offseason because he had been hurt all of last year. And his, he actually he wrestled Super 32 last year at 160 before he got hurt and had surgery. He's been you know, recovering from that. And, and obviously had, nobody's had a lot of opportunities to compete until the fall. And he rolls up at the Grappler Fall Classic, I believe, at like 220. Yeah. And just ran through a really tough field and then he's at 195 at super 32 weight class that had seth shoe made i mean had a bunch of really good guys he won that he's all the way up to number four he's just a sophomore but he already looks like a you know already looks like a college 197 pounder and um he's, he's so so powerful really technical for a guy yeah, of that size is. and power and uh and he's he's the other guy that i think um not many people were, were talking about. He's a guy that people knew. He's a big board type kid in the class of 2023 before he got hurt. But no, nobody, I don't think, expected that he would be, one, this good, and two, this size. And so he's another guy that you have to watch every time he's on the mat. And uh, I don't know when the next time is that he'll be on the mat, but uh, I can't wait. Yeah, Carroll was the one that I think the biggest change, right? Mm -hmm. From not ranked to, what, number four now. And he yeah. was... You know, for a sophomore to win Super 32 at 195 is certainly eye-opening. Yeah. So yeah. Bright bright future for him. Okay, so we, this uh, this 150, we've got our eight guys, right? And we're not going to do the thing with Ben with the, the picker spots. We're going to try to, so we're going to try to thread the needle here to make really awesome early round matches, but also like separate the guys so that it's, you know, you don't have Bajrang, J.O., and Green in the same, like, half or whatever because there's certainly some really good guys. What, what are your guys' thoughts initially on, on how you think we should we should do this? Man, Bajrang is such a game-changer in this bracket. He, you know, he – I don't know. He and James Green have, have accomplished, I think, similar things mm -hmm. at the world level. Uh, but Bajrang has, has done it closer to this weight and – more, a little bit more recently so Bajrang to me feels like a guy that that yeah you know, he has a win over Jordan Oliver mm -hmm. kind of I know we're not seeding it like straight up but feels like a, a number one seed type of guy yeah um to me I agree um you know it's it's gonna be so I've been taking a couple cracks at it I don't know if, you, if Tyler can pull it up um but nothing's decided but there's a couple of different scenarios you could do. Um, so looking at it right now, you could have you could have like the bracket could look like this if you're on the screen. So top half would be like Bajrang versus McKenna, Green versus Henderson, and then the bottom half Meredith versus Ashnall. Winner there gets the winner of Jail versus Lugo. Then there's also a scenario where like should Green and Jo be on the same side, or should Bajrang and and Jo be on the same side? And part of me is like, well, we've seen Jo Green, and we've seen J.O. Bajrang in the past, so kind of don't want to duplicate those matches until it's like the finals. Mm -hmm. So 
I like that, but are there are there other changes you think you, we should we should make here, or where do you see some other potential matchups? Man, the 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 guys outside of those those three that you mentioned, I feel like could go a lot of different ways uh, in terms of where where you put them and um, you know what how those matches would um, would be different. What the way you have it right now, I look at Meredith Ashnault and man. Those two guys, they both not only would be really fun to watch, but they, I mean, they know how to, they know how to promote a match. They're really, yeah. you know, they would be, they would be exciting to, um, to, it'd be really exciting to hear those guys, to, you know, talk to each other and kind of promote the match. And I don't remember if we've seen that one before. Um, that's one of the things that, that makes that really interesting. Actually, I don't know if we've seen any of these matches before in the current configuration. I don't uh, think so. Um, I don't. No, I don't. Looking at those four, I don't think we've seen any of those matches. Um, we could have seen Ashnall and Meredith. It has not happened in folk. It did not happen in folk style. Okay, because they would have overlapped there at one forty-one. So. Yes, um, but they never. They never did hit. Okay, I did. I kind of. If you put a gun to my head, I always said I think maybe they had. Um, you know, looking looking at this, I mean the. Thing is, but it's only eight, and they're all so good. There's just like, there's just nothing but tough draws out there. You're gonna have a really tough match. I mean, even McKenna for for a badgering is not an easy first round match for someone as great as him. And you know, Lugos looked really good. He just beat Kalatic rather rather handily. I think no one really matches up great against Jo Green or Badgering, but you know, there's there's some really tough guys in this bracket. So I don't, I don't know. Um, we're we're gonna put it to the we're gonna put our heads together and try to come up with something that's simultaneously fair and like maximum entertaining. Yeah. But um, oh, it's fun. To, it's fun to think about. Yeah, I man, Bajrang McKenna is is an interesting match. If that if that does end up being a first round match, McKenna, um, such a gutty win over Yanni at Senior Nationals last year, and uh, you know he he is had. I mean, he just he just. Was third at senior nationals this year. Had the loss to Alirez, but I mean, he's got the junior world silver medal. He's a guy that that I think he could he can go with Bajrang. That match would be man, that would be a, a great match. And then Green and Henderson. I have to wonder about um, how's the cut going to be for James Green. And Henderson's a guy that that we just saw has an incredible pace, and he's really good at. at Game planning. He talked in his post-match interview after Etchemendia about how Mike Gray has has allowed him. He hasn't like added a whole bunch to his game, but he's he's the way he described it was like he's unlocked doors for him mm -hmm. that where he he now sees new ways to approach guys and to you know to kind of um, strategically win matches. And and he had such a solid game plan going into the match with Etchemendia that he he just was able to execute. And I don't know that he's always had that before. So that. That match with Green, who might be struggling with the weight, super interesting. Um, yeah, I, li I mean, I, don't, I like I like this, but I think I would like just about any configuration. Probably. Yeah, I, I, you know, I wanted to avoid matches we'd seen, so you know, no, uh, no Jo McKenna because we saw that one rather recently. Uh, you know, with with Green, it's on the. I'm just interested at 150, three hour weigh in. Yep. There's no way that's going to be easy, right? Mm -hmm. And obviously, he's known for months that he was going to be in this, and I'm sure he's he's making all the changes. And 
150 is a far cry from 143 and a half, which he had to make for the trials when we all know, hey, that was like not the same James Green we used to seeing. But I still think it's going to be a factor. It's going to be a lower weight that he's competed at. And sometime now, on the other hand, it sounds like he's considering wrestling in the eight in the RTC Cup at 65 because it's 65 plus three. So, you know, we're going to see him down at a pretty close weight class a, a few weeks before, which will probably show us a lot as well. Yeah, he did. He tweeted about uh, he, he tweeted about being um, being skinny James. We might see skinny James uh, at the at the RTC Cup. What about skinny Jimmy? Skinny Jimmy. Uh, he doesn't go by Jimmy Green, but you know James Jimmy. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, if we that that will that will give us a really, I think, a good prediction of of what we can expect out of Green. Um, if James Green goes goes that sixty five at RTC Cup, I mean, we don't know we don't know um, rosters yet, but you have to imagine that um, you can see him against some really good guys. Maybe maybe we a can Yanni. See Yanni. Yeah, and that's the thing. I I I don't think we're going to release the, the bracket officially until after RTC Cup because I think that could make some changes. Like if um, if you know Green comes out and beats beats a Yanni or, or something like that, maybe that changes how we how we look at things. I don't know because then we would have like a data point for how well he's able to compete down away. We know exactly what he is at at seventy kilograms. He's been the the gold standard for domestic wrestling, and then. Um, you know, has also had world world level accolades in 2015 and 2017. I yeah, we got we got we got skinny James up here on the screen right now, and I mean he, he you could tell visibly. I mean he when he wrestled Marinelli uh, beginning of November, he looked he looked good size. He looked mm -hmm. powerful enough to wrestle a guy that everyone calls the bull. Um, and uh, and now I mean he what a man what a beast that he can that he can say yeah I'll wrestle like. You know, one of the top guys at 165 NCAA, and then and then, a month and a half later, I'll I'll shrink my body and wrestle 150. A lot of guys, if they're going to make a weight change like that, it's like a year long process. Yeah. Um, what a beast that he's that he's game to do this. Well, who is Bodring the favorite here? You know, we we saw the reason I think probably is. I think a lot of people would really like J.O. in this bracket, except he's not had a great track record with Green. They had the two out of three that Green won. But J.O. looked great at Senior Nationals, won 50-0 to zero the whole tournament. And then soon after, he lost a crazy one to Badgering where he was he was actually up. Yeah. And got put on his back and was held on his back for like, remember that? He was held on his back for like a minute or Long something. Time. And people were mad because they don't let him up. Or maybe that was just my son. He's like, they need to let him up, but it didn't work like that. Anyway, um, so I, it feels like Bajrang is just like, he's such a consistent performer. Like, you know what you're getting every time out. Yeah. Oliver, his his trajectory in that 2019-2020 season last year was, like, crazy. He was scorching everybody. He, mm -hmm. I mean, he ran the gauntlet at Bill Farrell and at Senior Nationals, and, and Bajrang was... So I mean, for for that version of Oliver to have trouble with Bajrang means I think he he probably is the favorite, um, but but who who is Bajrang wrestled that is comparable to James Green? Man, I don't know. Um, In terms of you know his his ability to reattack, his power, 
Um, I just, I don't, I, I don't, I'm trying to think about 65 kilos that are, that are powerful like that. You see a lot of really good scrambly guys. You see a lot of, um, J.O. is powerful. Yeah, you know, that's he, true. He's kind of a run through you kind of guy, but he's also really slick as well. Um, yeah, that's true. That's true. Maybe J.O., but yeah, there's not many James Greens out there. I don't think he's ever, ever had a test like, like James. So, I don't know, it's exciting. Uh, RTC Cup will probably, you know, impact this to at least a small extent, and then we'll, we'll release these. But it's fun to talk about, hypo where, hypothesize. Where is Bryce Meredith training at right now? I don't know. Um, he did the NJRTC thing, right, for a little bit, and, like, was, like, kind of split in time. He he lives he lives in Arizona, um, or at least he he had he does decided to move to Arizona and train MMA for a while. That was that was uh, yeah I think that was on Instagram. Um, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I think that's true. On Instagram, straight flexing could be could be just I made it up, but yeah no I don't, I believe you. Uh, that's what I think. That's what I think I remember. Also, uh, while you looked that up, we have some breaking news. Oh, let's go. That we alluded to early in the show. NC State made it official. Uh, Ed Ruth has joined the Wolfpack RTC. Wow. wow. Now, is he, like, joining, joining? It's not uh, even... No, yeah, that's what it sounds like. Three-time NCAA champion Edward will be joining the Wolfpack RTC in the Wolfpack Regional Training Center as an athlete athlete developmental coach. Oh, snap. So I wonder if that means he's just a coach and not competing in the RTC Cup. Hmm. I don't know, because it says he... Player coach? He's joining the Wolfpack Wrestling Club, which basically means he'll be wrestling, but then he's... Also, the Wolfpack RTC athlete development coach. Does it say coach. in the thing? It does not. It yeah, doesn't. go on it. <clears throat> Bryce is at the MMA lab outside of Phoenix. Hmm. Okay. Man, what? Well, what the? I'm, I'm thinking about this Ed Roos stuff. Now we got, I want to know. What does this mean? I think we should uh, ask. Coach Papalizio said Ed will be a vital asset to all aspects of our program with his background at the levels of success that he has gotten to already, Ed is bringing to Raleigh experiences that will have a huge impact on every guy associated both with our wrestling team and the Wolfpack RTC. Now, what does this mean? Oh, wow, we already have it up? Who this did is, that? This, this is Kyle Bracky. Did you, did you do this while we were on the show? <laughs> Bracky yeah. just posted an article to the site <laughs> while we we're doing the show. Wow. Jeez. What a beast. Well, what the heck? I, uh, I just gave a press release. Well, I have so many questions. So is he, uh, is he still doing MMA? You would assume so, right? I, I, don't I think know. so, yeah. I don't know, though. It's a great area, great opportunity. NC State's collegiate program, Wolfpack Wrestling, has reached impressive heights recently, and they always have a huge presence every turn their guys go to. Uh, development of all athletes. I, this doesn't sound like a guy competing. It uh, kind of does not. Um, but maybe this maybe this week he will. Who knows? Maybe. Or maybe not. That's, those are the options. Okay. Athlete developmental coach. Hmm. Well, regardless, I wish there was an and in there, athlete and developmental coach. Oh yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. I think uh, I think this is awesome for for Wolfpack. I think for their guys, it's gonna be a great training partner. He's got a, a wealth of experience. Ed is regarded as like an insanely hard worker throughout his career. So certainly a, a good someone, a good person to have a, around your program. NC State's tweet here. Uh, has it athlete dash developmental coach? Is that a hyphen or is that a? Oh man, it, we need it's a hyphen. It's a, it's a hyphen. Athlete developmental coach. So it sounds like he develops athletes, but yes. he's not an athlete, comma. 
I wish we could just switch that to a slash. Yeah, well, <laughs> Kyle, edit your article okay. and, and just speak it into existence. Jackie Moon, player coach. Yeah, um, precisely. All right, well, very good update. Good job, Bracky. Just just straight breaking news on the show. You guys were going, so I was like, I'm just going to do this. Yeah, what a beast. All right, uh, why don't we go to uh, why don't we go some questions, and then we get heck out of here. I do have a video uh, to show at the end of the show. So... Um, we are going to be uh, releasing a, a feature story about real woods. Um, it's about it's it's really cool. It's a story about I learned a lot about it, even though I, I kind of thought I knew the real woods story. I knew from New Mexico, Albuquerque, New Mexico, went to Montini uh, in Illinois, and w- really wanted to go to Stanford, but I didn't realize like the entirety of his background and how much a dream Stanford was for real, and then also you know, with the backdrop of Stanford getting cut. So they, they put together a really cool feature that we're going to be releasing a week from today on on Flow Wrestling, um, on all of our channels. It'll be available to be watched by everyone. Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry to interrupt my thoughts, but Bryce and Anthony wrestled at the All-Star Classic. In Isn't this for somebody just, like, straight up punched somebody at the end of the match? Ashnall straight up punched him uh, at the end. Um, Not punch, but, like... You know. Hard... Hard, like right as time was running out, he he hit with a boom. But anyway, we're we got the trailer that we're going to show at the end of this, and then we're going to um, next week, a week from today, we're going to release. It's called the real story. It's about real woods, and we're going to release that. It'll be on all our channels. It'll be free. It'll be up on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter. So we just want uh, we want as many people possible to watch this, and we want it to be something that's helpful for. The Stanford wrestling program is they're they're working their tails off to keep their program, which is awesome. Uh, but you know they're gonna need they're gonna need help and support and momentum. And um, I think this piece of content is gonna be really effective for just how important that program is to uh, not just the university but to to people. So, anyways, we'll show that at the end. Um, but right now, questions from friends. Um, Scott Ross, who's a great question asker. Yeah, he said Southwest has some cheap flights from Atlanta, Austin. Any chance you get the red carpet treatment local food tour by come visit Flow HQ? Well, you can open invitation, Scott. You can come anytime. Um, he wants to see how his Kale vs. Bart the Bear poster is being treated. Uh, Bracken needs to get that hung somewhere. Stat. Need to get it hung, yeah. Or, we, I don't know. We don't have a lot of places to put it. No, we need to take down like the volleyball posters, though, and just, yeah. start, to, just start to assert our poster dominance. Yeah. That's that's what I think we need. Okay. To um, you talk to Mark. Okay, I'll. Yeah, I will. I'll take Tony Stewart's uh, fire suit down. <laughs> yeah, we have Tony Stewart's fire suit is here. That's kind of cool. Uh, Nathan Stoller, Navy's last national champion, was Dan Muffler in 1974. Uh, does Cola have a decent chance at getting Navy another national champion? Uh yes, yes he does. It's really really hard to do. There's ten a year, and uh, but you know, I think first thing is get get multiple guys on the podium. You get a guy that's the top three, four guy at the podium. Get him hot at in March. It can happen. I mean, look at the recruiting that Navy has done just since Kerry has gotten to Annapolis. It's tremendous. So a- absolutely. I mean, we've seen we've seen national champions from all kinds of schools. I mean, South Dakota State had one a couple of years ago, and um, you know, who would have thought in 
in 2006, 2007, you would not have thought Virginia Tech would have an NCAA champion, and they've had multiple finalists and and now an NCAA, a freshman NCAA champ. So absolutely they could, and um, I'm sure that'll be one of Coach Kolot's goals. Do you have a, a little – They've already got not, or they already got ten recruits in the class of twenty twenty one committed. Um, that's, I mean, that's a massive recruiting class in Colat's first year. Uh, so, yeah, they they're gonna have, and and they they had some good guys come in. Uh, I I re- am really curious to see what um, Sir Niglia can do mm-hmm. at Navy. He's a he's a guy that I mean, especially now with a. Um, I don't know. Oh, kind of a weird year. I think he's a guy that could have potentially some success right away. Uh, so, I, I think, yeah, national champ is really tough. But we're going to see all Americans from from Navy sooner than later. And then he's trending in the right way. You know, you recruit better, you get the all Americans, then you get the kids that can win the national titles once you start having that success. And I think uh, people want to wrestle for Kerry Colat. Yes, they do. Yes, <laughs> and, they do. Uh, the Navy's pretty – all the armed forces are pretty good deals. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's – Coach Ward's always tweeting about it. No student loans, and uh, you got a job when you're yeah. done. Yeah. <laughs> You've got a leg up. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot uh, there's a lot of advantages of, of the service academy. It's tough, but yeah, academically and, and physically demanding and then wrestling on top of all that stuff. But uh, it's, a, it's a good deal. Yes, it is. They got I I uh, you know they got a couple of really good lightweights coming in um, Vincent Sant, uh, Santaniello and then Josh Coderhant Coderhant was in that crazy dramatic match with Mason Gibson at Super Thirty Two um, two guys that are that are you know gonna gonna make each other better so yeah I, I mean I, I'm excited to follow them yeah um, Jared Hendricks how much do I have to Venmo you to do JD smelling salts um fifty bucks. Fifty bucks, I'll do smelling salts. I'll huff ammonia. Uh, the Detroit Lions kicker Matt Prater, he's always doing them before he kicks. Always. Yeah. All right. So yeah, fifty and bucks. He All beat right. the Washington football team with a very long field goal. All right, dude. Well, maybe that's for the best. <laughs> maybe the football team will get a draft pick since you had them draft Dwayne Haskins, who is terrible, Bracky. I did not have them draft you, anybody. You said they got to take him. I Save thought him. Haskins would be better than he he uh, has been. I'll admit to that. He's he's gonna be off the team before my dad can even pronounce his name because he calls him Hawkins. <laughs> and he he is the king of never getting names. Right? <laughs> Albert Morris instead of Alfred. Um, Rivera does not like him. I know that. Yeah, he must be a he must not work hard or something. That's yeah. what the reports are. You really have to work hard to be good as an NFL quarterback. I don't know. Lame. Lame. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, Ron. Uh, JB doesn't seem to mind going. This is from Omega Mattis. Uh, JB doesn't seem to mind going up and wait. Can we see JB versus Snyder Man? What is the most ridiculous JB matchup that could get scheduled? Well, that's the most ridiculous. I think there's no way it gets scheduled. I mean, it's like very literally. I mean, I think you get more ridiculous. Like, you get, yeah, JB versus like, yeah, Coon or Tony Nelson. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could get more ridiculous, sure, but there's yeah. no way it's, you know. That he puts in the caveat that could get scheduled. I don't think he's going much bigger than David freaking Taylor. Who was uh, the Hofstra heavy, the All American a few years ago? Matt, he, Hughes? Mike, Hughes. Mike Hughes. Mike Hughes, yeah. World's largest he, person. He had to literally cut weight. To, yep. uh, so did Adam Kuhn. Yeah, I remember being the NCAAs and Mike Hughes 
he came up to the head table. He wanted to know where the check scale was. Yeah, when your heavyweight <laughs> needs a check scale, you're in good shape. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see much bigger. I mean, he, like someone like Jaden, I think is just too big. And um, yeah, I mean, sign me up. But mm, I think he would wrestle maybe a. If he'd wrestle David, you have to figure he'd wrestle a Bo Nickel. Yeah. Right. That, man, the, the, the would he wrestle a Gabe Dean? Maybe. <sighs> Gabe, would Gabe go 185? I don't know. I don't know. He went 86 kilos. Plus two. 88 kilos. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He was about right about 195 for both events he's, he's competed in recently. Yes. Um, Arizona wrestling fan. Did Zahid gas? Yes. He gassed. He was very tired. Yeah. I, yeah. I think... The term gas is like a lot of times it, it, it has this implication of like you didn't you weren't in shape or something like that. I think JB gas Zahid. I mean, I, I don't. Think, yeah, I don't think Zahid like <clears throat> like didn't train hard or he didn't. I think there's a difference between wrestling Jordan Burroughs and wrestling a lot of other people. Yeah, I'm one the big a fan of the people saying Zahid didn't come prepared because he absolutely oh did gosh. come prepared. Yeah, that's that's a terrible take. <clears throat> There were a lot, a lot of that on social media. Um, that's really dumb. Uh, just like Jordan puts pressure on you, like nobody else does, and also Zahid wrestles at really high pace himself. Yeah. So when you combine that, and then also that's Zahid's first match since February. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there were a lot of nerves there as well. Yeah. It's just like perfect storm of things. Uh, we see guys gas against Jordan all the time. Yeah, it's a weird thing. Like if you get picked apart technically. No one questions if you came in prepared. But if you get tired in a match that you were wrestling well, everyone questions like how much time you put in. It's totally backwards, in my opinion. And I think partly, too, his Zahid's tactics made it look a, like a little bit worse than it was because in the first period, he was wrestling off his knees and he was using that to really great effect. Um, and then in the second period, he was just he was staying on his knees just like, uh, you know, quarter second too long. And that's the, I mean, that's the difference between Jordan scoring or not scoring. And that's what makes him look gas is because he's wrestling from that position. But that was a position that early in the match he was, he was using to <clears throat> not only slow Jordan down, but yeah. to, to, you know, set up his own offense. So I think, I think the tactics made it look worse than, than maybe what it really was. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Uh, Chisholm Fink. Maybe a real name. I don't know. That would be something. Why isn't Jordan Burroughs' pace, gas tank, and in a match toughness talked about more? I feel like I talk about it. We talk about it exclusively on the show all the time. I bring it up all the time. You've been beating the drum for years now. Yes. Years and years and years. It's like, that's like the thing that sticks out to me the most is like his will to win, how tough he is, his tactics. Um, I think that that is just as excellent as his. Incredible wrestling technique. So, yeah, I think it – I don't know why it's not talked about more broadly. I think it's because if you're just watching the highlights and you're just watching, like, you know, an Instagram clip, it's easy to get caught up in how jaw-droppingly amazing some of his exchanges are. And you're like, oh, my gosh, it's, that does stick out. But if you if you watch all his matches through all the years like we have – that's what sticks out the most because that to me is what is you see guys that can shoot 
really cool leg attacks. And you see guys with nice re-attacks and scrambling and stuff. You don't see guys that win matches as consistently the way Jordan Burroughs does with, like, heart and tactics and grit and pace. You just don't see that very much. And that's why, for me, it is what sticks out the most. Um, but for others, I understand why it, why it doesn't. But I think more and more people people understand that what the full package Jordan Burroughs is. Nailed it. Cool. Next question. Um, from Ben Sesteric, the American... Regarding American wrestling, the freestyle king is John Smith. The coaching king is Dan Gable. The collegiate king is Kale Sanderson. These three have all succeeded in all three areas. Who would you say is the overall GOAT, and why do I keep concluding that it's Chael Sonnen? <laughs> well, he's a close second. Um, it's, it is tough. You could, you could go a lot of different directions with it because they all hit the pinnacle of by winning the Olympics. They all were really good NCA wrestlers. And, like, they all have, like, kind of a lapse where the other guy has, like, a strength, right? Like, mm-hmm. like Kale only won the Olympics and, like, didn't win Worlds or whatever. But he was 159-0, and 0, mm-hmm. right? Whereas John Smith, he only won two NCA titles, but he was 6-for-6 six six World and Olympics, right? But maybe he doesn't have the coaching resume of Kale and Gable – and, you know, Gable, he had his, his runs. Uh, he's, like, got all the, the coaching records right now, but he only won two NCAA titles, and he kind of retired from freestyle wrestling with probably some more golds to be won. So they all have kind of lapses where the other guys had strengths, which is why it's really, really hard to do. The thing that could tip the scales is if Kale continues his run, which there's no reason to think that won't happen, and he surpasses Gable for team titles, then he would have college and coaching two out of three, and that's how he could maybe surpass and and become the American wrestling overall GOAT. Um, That's kind of my read on it right now, but that's also would mean I'm saying that Dan Gable is currently the number one. And I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know that it's not John Smith. It's really a a crazy, crazy thing, Um, and I don't know what the answer is. Curious for your thoughts, man. I I have done some some research on like stats for these guys, and I'm trying to pull them up. But Dan Gable's percentage of all Americans that were starters is is insane. Um, and and K, like Kale is so, you know, he's so present in like in in recent memory that like. Um, it, his his coaching success scene is like how could it be possible that anybody would have have more success than that? So okay, here so if you look at um, Kale, just his time at Penn State, he's he's coached for eleven seasons, and uh, if you take out the COVID season where we didn't get to see all Americans, he has had five point eight All Americans per year, fifty eight All Americans in in ten uh, NCAA championships. That's pretty good, right? Yes. Like that's that's incredible. Um, Gable. If I can find his uh, his stats here, he coached for 21 seasons and had 152 All Americans for uh, roughly seven and a quarter All Americans per year. Man, um, that is not that those numbers are not close. No, Gable had 45 NCAA champs in that amount of time. 
Um, I don't have uh, Kale's NCAA champs number here, but he's he's got to be getting pretty. I mean, he, you know, I think that's a number where um, he's got a, a chance at, at catching him. So, but the, Gable sustained success to all Americans per year. It, it doesn't make sense over seven a year. Yeah, seven and a quarter a year for how long was his coaching career? Twenty one years. Twenty one years, and he won how many NCAA titles, team titles? He won. Let's see what we got here. Uh, I don't have it. I don't have it right here in front of me. Nineteen. Um, was it nineteen? I'm just 19. guessing. Twenty. I would have guessed like seventeen. Twenty or eighteen. Almost uh, like twenty-one and a half percent of Gable's starters were national. Champs. Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. Twenty-one Big Ten titles. So one Big Tens every year. So. Yeah, 15 titles. Kale's at eight. So it's not unreasonable that he could get to, you know, if Kale is in coaching long-term, which it seems like he is, um, he, there's, a, there's a chance he can run down that 15 and then enter the, the GOAT conversation. Yeah. That he's already in. Yeah. Man, that's... That, that, and maybe is. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's super tough. I... I mean, I think right now I, I would go edge Gable um, between those two. But it's hard when you throw John Smith in because his his competition accolades, he's just got he's got the titles that, that these other guys didn't. It's not like they – we don't know. I mean, we don't know how many titles they could have won if that had been their primary objective is like how many can I win. But based on what they did and, you know, who went out and did it, like throwing John Smith in there makes it really – really tricky yeah i think right now i would lean gable okay ready spoken i'm not i'm not against that um at all next question from roy donk vader got up quickly from the table during the miracle match when a double came his way is there a history of wrestlers running into the announcer's table (laughs) i don't know it's a great. I can't. Man, think. I don't. Roy, nothing really comes to mind. I'm sure I don't know. Do we possibly uh, have? Oh, sure. oh wow, oh, Tyler wait. has something here. Wait, Let's see this? if that know. could possibly be it. Let's see. Oh no! Straight on double. Come on! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. Here we go. Guys, <laughs> still here? Oh no! Here Straight we go. On double. Double. <laughs> All right. Here we go. You guys still here? Yeah, we still hear you, Uh Great question, Roy. Um, jazz legend, Roy Donk. Mind you. Um, okay. Great question there. Next one. Uh, many sports teams feature patches on their uniforms that support a social cause. Can Flo organize a free, free Britney emblems? Uh, on singlets at the RTC Cup. Our country mm-hmm. is divided, but this is a case we can all get behind. Bracky, I think you should speak on this. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't read that question till now, but I love it. And I think you look emotional. Can... Are you getting emotional right now? <laughs> yeah, I am emotional because you know I see the stuff Brittany posts and uh it's someone who just wants to break free. And I thought this was America. Me too. Where we could uh make our own decisions. Right. And not be controlled by our dads. Not be controlled yeah. by our dads when we're like 40 years old and have millions and millions and millions of dollars. Can she even spend them? He has a lot of control over her money. She just can't spend freely, no. Mm. Wow. (laughs) Which is absolutely wild. That is wild. So what if she burned down her gym? 
Well, that was an accident. Was she accidentally accident. knocked over a candle. Yeah. So what? So cried for help and it let, worked. Let her live. People people started talking about it. Yeah. Thir- she's 38 now from Mississippi. Did you know that? I did not know that. I knew she was Southern. All right. Man, well, when, ta- I'm, when Taylor Stop. Lujan showed up on the Bader show with that Britney Spears shirt, it just was, it was really, that, that it, it, it moved a lot of people. And I think this could do similar things. Yeah. There's a lot of momentum in the wrestling community yeah. behind Britney Spears. It was a little disappointing that he had no idea that she was under a conservatorship. He just saw the shirt at Walmart and was just like, yeah, I'm not going to not get this. You know, if you buy a shirt at Walmart, <laughs> that's going straight to the dad's bank account, though. You yeah, know, that's true. There's, there's no way <laughs> that, that money's going. <laughs> Kozak like... says the free Britney RTC. <laughs> yes. Ooh, Who's yes. going to be the first one? FBRTC. We will give We will give preferential seating to whoever changes their RTC name to the free Britney RTC. So, yeah. you know. It could be a lot of momentum on the Wolfpack side, and wolves are a little scary. Mm-hmm. The the free Britney RTC out of Raleigh. Apparently, there's some good prices on gear at Walmart that could, you could have your team decked out in no time. Oh yeah, you get some uh, you can get some great jerseys, mm-hmm. sweats. Through <laughs> 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 oh, the loom, maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of options there. So you just. I'm not saying Coach Papalizio should change the name, the Wolfpack RTC, the Free Brandy. I think he should look into it. Yeah, it's worth it's worth looking into. It's worth it. Get, you know what? This is the this is the first item uh, for for Ed Ruth to discuss. Like, hey, should should we do this, Ed? What do you think? Pull yeah. the trigger. You look for yeah. When you're when you're new at a job, you look for easy wins. What's a what's a win? I can just boom, quick yeah, win. Put your name on it. Boom. Slam dunk. Yeah. This could be it. This could be it. I feel like the Hiley brothers would get behind it. 100%. Yeah. They, they definitely yeah. would. Uh, okay. Uh, there's some obvious. This is from the Usada Cup collector. Nice. Uh, who may, may still be trying to find uh, Kamal Bay. I don't know. But there are some obvious RTCs missing from the RTC Cup. What led to the current field? Love the idea. I can't wait to get more details. So, yeah, we all, uh, you know, we worked with Titan Mercury. Obviously, they were kind of. Uh, big driving force behind this and, and getting the teams involved. Obviously there's there's two monsters out there that uh you know be great to have them in but they didn't want to be involved. Uh Penn State and, and Iowa a bit would have been awesome, but we still think it's gonna be great. And um yeah, hopefully it's not the first of these, right? Like the July twenty fifth was kind of the first event of its kind for us and we've done several others since. We're gonna do a the bracket and we're hopeful this is not the just the first and only RTC Cup. So with that, um, we have what, Bracky? You can say something. I was just saying, it's going to be awesome. Oh, I yeah. think uh, uh, people have always wanted it. And then I personally love that guy, uh, teams are going to go out and get guys to fill their roster that aren't in their RTC because if you look at all these RTCs anyways, a lot of them are made up by guys that didn't wrestle at that school that the RTC is at. Right. That's what RTCs are. It's yes. free agency. Yes. Um, and at the World's Club Cup, you can go get people. Yeah. Like Tyne Mercury had uh, Kanchikas Vili on the right. team one year. Like, this, I don't know. It's awesome. I don't know why we ever talk bad about awesome wrestling. Well, it's been, you know. He was he was grumpy. He didn't let, he had a bad time in Singapore. He got, he had to quarantine for 48 hours. He was just in a mood, you know. I think I think uh, tomorrow, hopefully, 
What well, I mean, I, I get the point of like you know you want the you want the team to really represent that team, but like you said, Bracky, I mean that's not that's not exactly what we have right now, right? Right? Like you look at who these guys represent at an open tournament, and and sometimes it's the you know it's the it's the club like Sunkiss Kids or like Titan Mercury. Other times it's the RTC. Other times it's something else. And so um, until we get to a place where we have a little bit more firm position on on what that means. We're not gonna. There, there is no, you know, hundred percent true team, and and doing something like this might be a step towards that, where people want more ownership to say, okay, yeah, if you're gonna train here, then you're gonna sign something that says you'll only compete for this team and whatever. And maybe we're moving that direction, but right now we're not there. So I think we, you know, we make the most of what we got, and that's that's why it's gonna be great. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's going to be fantastic. We're excited for that. We're going to get out of here because there may be some tacos with our names on it. Actually, they don't put our names on it. We just have to take them. No. By force. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks for Bray. Thanks to Bray for filling in for Ben, who will be back tomorrow. He should be landing in the United States at some point. Wisconsin Ben. Wisconsin Ben. Bitcoin Ben right now. Uh, he's no oh longer gosh. a young male model. Punchy Ben. Started. Um, yeah, we won't talk to about, about any sort of cryptocurrencies. Thank you guys so much. Um, oh, wait. I wanted to play the... Uh, Tyler, if you have the video, please play the real story trailer. That will be available on the site and on social soon. So thanks a lot. See ya tomorrow. Goodbye. So I remember as a conversation with this high school coach, Israel Martinez, who has been a longtime friend of mine. I was on the phone with Izzy, it was in the spring of 2015, and I had called to talk to him about something else. It was a short conversation at the end, he said, hey, I also got to tell you about this other kid, Real Woods. And he said, he's a stud, he's just finishing his freshman year up here at Martini, but this kid is going to go to Stanford, he's going to be one of the best kids in the country, he's going to win NCAA titles, he's going to go on to have a great career, and at the end we're going to make a movie out of this.